0: Today on Ag News Daily.
1: With December options expiring on Friday in a shortened holiday session, we'll also be getting export sales data that day for the weekly. And so all combined, we are still looking for markets to be quite active as we head into the uh, holiday and beyond.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Market Monday here on the Ag News Daily podcast brought to you today by, by Mystic Lubricants. For a full look at their range of top quality products, visit Mystic Lubes. That's M Y S T I K Lubes.com. Tanner, did you miss me last week?
2: Uh yes, I did. I couldn't, Thank you. couldn't have missed you anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought so. I could sense it from afar.
2: <laughs> right through the microphone.
0: Yep, exactly. Did you miss me? Of course. Your, uh, this week's Thanksgiving week, so we got to share what we're thankful for. I'm thankful for a good co-host.
2: I am thankful for Cassidy to make us sound good I mean, <laughs> and and for a good co-host.
0: Yeah, that's true. We should be thankful for Cassidy so that she keeps <laughs> editing the podcasts well for us.
2: Absolutely. No, it is Thanksgiving. It'll be fun to see if our listeners tag us with what they are thankful for. I know there's a lot of people in the news that are thankful, and some of those, however might not be part of the rail union, Delaney.
3: The nation's
2: largest rail union on Monday today voted down the tentative contract that was brokered by the white house, raising the possibility of that nationwide strike coming in December. Like we'd reported smart transportation division or smart TD, which represents around 28,000 conductors rejected the contract in a vote that garnered a record turnout, the most number of voters from that union in history. The contract was nixed by a very slim margin. I don't know if you saw this article or not, Delaney, but what's your guess? How many percentage of those union workers of Smart TD voted no?
0: Oh, geez. It's probably a really, really small margin, like less than a percent. I don't know.
2: Yes, 50.8 percent.
0: Oof. So
2: Less than 1 percent difference than voting against it. However, the second largest rail union made up of engineers voted in favor of the contract today, splitting the top two rail unions, and that represents nearly half of the industry's workers. So right now, judging by the article written here, it looks like we are probably headed towards either a quick new proposal or a potential rail strike coming up because Almost 50% of the rail union right now cannot decide in unison because it's going to have to be all or not to go for the proposed plan coming out of the White House, Delaney.
0: Oh, so it's a unanimous vote here to move forward.
2: It's unanimous amongst union divisions. So yes. that all divisions within the union have to accept it.
0: Okay, that's uh, different than what I was originally thinking for some reason. But Tanner, another issue, transportation issue that of course has been impacting our ability to ship and sell goods has been the low water that we've seen on the Mississippi River. We've seen the latest pinch point for navigation on the Mississippi have now, has now moved upstream toward Memphis, Tennessee to St. Louis. As the Army Corps of Engineers has started to reduce the flow from the upstream Missouri River dam over the weekend. They said lower water flows coming from the Missouri River will lead to longer dredging operations on the Mississippi River right around the St. Louis area to keep navigation channels open they said barge movements remain slow but the new orleans area grain terminals last week reported a 35 percent increase in barges compared to the week earlier so we are seeing things starting to pick back up tanner the judging has been happening at a fairly quick pace water has been like they said they're being allowed in from other dams and that has certainly kept grains and other products moving along the mississippi river Not out of the woods yet, but certainly sounds like they're making steps in the right direction.
2: Yes, it does. And it sounds like we had grain moving out of the Black Sea Grain Initiative coming out of the Ukrainian ports this weekend. More than a dozen ships hauling agricultural products coming out of the extension of this agreement. So the agreement allows the hauling of much needed grain and other ag items out of Ukraine, according to the United Nations. These ships have been hauling everything from sunflower meal to wheat to corn without any obstacles. For the last three days, UN reported some smooth sailing, to uh, leave a pun intended there. Some of the corn crop in Ukraine may remain in the fields over the winter due to fuel shortages. But uh, other than that... Ukraine is forecasted by the USDA to export 15.5 million metric tons of corn and 11 million metric tons of wheat in the 2022-2023 marketing year. If realized, that could be up from the 27 million metric tons of corn and 18.8 million metric tons of wheat it shipped a year earlier.
0: Tanner, the key there, though, I want to hit back on is that you mentioned they were having some fuel shortages and difficulties harvesting. But according to some analysts, Tanner, they're saying Ukraine's corn harvest is only at 50 percent harvested and is likely going to struggle to make much additional progress as winter sets in. And we see some of those fuel shortages or difficulties in transportation start to really set in. So 50 percent harvested right now for Ukrainian corn. They're not expecting to see major uh, steps forward to get much past that.
2: Yikes. Yeah, that's uh, certainly going to have a lot of headwinds that are going to hinder progress.
0: Absolutely, Tanner. But I wanted to uh, take a quick break here from some of the heavier news because this week is Thanksgiving break. We're going to be off on Wednesday. Oh, excuse me, Thursday and Friday this week. No podcast Thursday, Friday, but I've got some fun turkey facts for you. Are you ready?
2: Fire away.
0: Okay. Well, estimated monthly turkey consumption. Tanner, I know you've had, we've had David Widmar on the podcast before. I know you've had him on your Farm for Profit as well. He's over at the Ag Economics Insight and he put some fun statistics together for turkey supplies this year, but it's going to be another year of tight Turkey supplies, Tanner. Limited availability and increased prices for your dinner this Thanksgiving season. That's one thing that's coming right up here. Um, but here's some fun facts about turkeys in particular. When a turkey gets mad, excited or defensive, its head and neck turn all white, Tanner. This is their extreme way to show the emotion. The whiter the color, the matter the turkey is.
2: So it's the opposite of us. Our heads and necks turn it's red. It's true.
0: Uh-huh. That's absolutely true. Another fun fact for you, turkeys can can see in color, but they don't have very good night vision. So don't sneak up on them at night, but they can see for almost 100 yards away or around them and have incredibly wide field of vision. So they're actually tough to sneak up on, except if you were going to do it in the nighttime, don't do any turkey tipping, Tanner.
2: No turkey tipping. That's probably the first time I have ever heard that.
0: (laughs) Coined right here on the Ag News Daily Podcast.
2: Well, do you have any more or should we take a message from our sponsor today?
3: Let's take a quick message from today's sponsor. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K-lubes.com.
2: Well, Delaney, we have talked about the carbon pipelines coming through the state of Iowa and most of the Midwest. Summit Carbon Solutions has been one of the company that's hoping to build a pipeline to transport carbon dioxide out of Iowa. They have now entered into two lawsuits with two Iowa counties. They sued Story County. In Iowa earlier this week in the U.S. District Court for Southern Districts of Iowa, on Wednesday, Summit filed a similar lawsuit in Shelby County. So this is a lawsuit against ordinances put into place. Two weeks ago, the Board of Supervisors in Shelby County gave a unanimous approval to the ordinance that would force Summit and other pipeline companies to obtain county permits for construction and impose restrictions on any pipeline proximities to homes, schools, and farms. This is out of the normal because not every county has adopted this same process. The ordinance states that its intent is to establish a permitting process that will impose conditions and safeguards when using the land in the county for the purpose of hazardous liquid pipelines the ordinance says that it is designated to ensure and secure safety from fire flood panic and other dangers that might be a result of the pipeline both summits lawsuits seek court order declaring the local ordinances preempted by the pipeline safety act which is over all 99 counties in the state of iowa thus is invalid and un enforceable this is according to the press release released by summit as they continue to plan to push forward the pipeline but the interesting thing about this delaney there is a co-plaintiff in both of these lawsuits a gentleman by the name of william cowser a story county Mm -hmm. farmer who owns 500 head feedlot and is along the summit pipeline route and is one of the founders of lincoln way energy and ethanol plant that produces ethanol here in Story County. So quite an interesting tie that the Carbon Pipeline Company and one local farmer are listed together.
0: Yes, that's very interesting. I hadn't seen that piece of news yet, Tanner, but I think that's really timely. I had a conversation with Elizabeth Burns Thompson, EBT, some of you may know her, who's working for a different pipeline the Navigator CO2 pipeline. So I think we're going to play her interview tomorrow, Tanner. But very similar conversation. We talked about eminent domain. We talked about how they're going to get positive PR because we've seen a lot of protests now, a lawsuit, all around a very interesting subject.
2: Yes, it is. It's something that we. I have a feeling we'll continue to report on as the project seeks its approval. And we'll also continue to go through construction phase. I did see in a press release summit has garnered a uh, acceptance of right-of-ways from over 50% of the landowners in the state of Iowa. So they are moving forward in their reaching out to additional farmers to get their pipeline in the ground. Delaney Casti had also sent us a message this morning saying that she had seen something that had gone viral on social media and it was an article about a chinese farm with sheeps sheeps sheep sheep with sheep, sheep <laughs> that walked in a circle for 12 days it's not christmas yet
0: but i, I christmas. know i saw it it's very bizarre it's almost like is this real news is this fake news is somebody going to try and blame ufos on it
2: This talks about trying to get it figured out whether it was related to weather related to feed related to a disease because it sounds like there are some animal illnesses that can affect the brains and uh, it was very perplexing but this flock of sheep was in what i'd consider described as a sheep feedlot and only one pen was walking in a circle so it's not like it was the entire flock of sheep it was just one pen so yes the Social media, social media world and vets and scientists alike are trying to figure out why these sheep walked in a clockwise manner for 12 days.
0: Super duper bizarre. Tanner, I have one final protein related piece of news here as well. This one came across the headlines. Late last week, didn't catch it until now, but JBS was caught using child labor for food safety services and they have been called into a federal court. They There apparently were um, a couple of facilities using child contractors for overnight sanitation services and the jobs were open because federal judge gerard signed a temporary restraining order against packers sanitation services which contracts with jbs to provide children for cleaning and sanitation services so packers sanitation was the third party outlet there that did it for jb jbs and they also provide cleaners for turkey valley farms in marshall minnesota and a few other ag operations and now they are put on hold until there is further investigation they said That there were children younger than the age of 16 working long hours and overnight shifts and also reportedly working on power-driven machines or the kill floor, which those are two of the most dangerous places to be in a processing facility, Tanner.
2: Yikes, that could be some serious implications there. Maybe we will have some serious updates coming in the markets, but before we get to those today, let's get one more message from our sponsor.
3: Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K-lubes.com.
0: Well, Tanner, before we turn it over to our conversation today with Dan Bossy, let's check out where markets ended for today. And of course, we do have a holiday shortened week this week. Thursday, Tanner, they'll be closed in the overnight, reopen again on Friday, but won't be highly voluminous as most people will probably still be out on Thanksgiving break, including us. But in the meantime, December corn. Which heads into expiration this week closed eight and a quarter cent lower at 659 and a half. January soybeans added eight and a half cents today to close at 1436 and three quarters. And December wheat closed four cents lower today to close at 799. Live cattle certainly got a nice bump today as the December live cattle contract closed forty-seven and a half cents lower at a buck fifty-three fifty-five. January feeders added a dollar eighty-five to close at one eighty-two sixty-two, and December lead hogs closed forty-two cents lower on the board today at eighty-three eighty. Tanner, without further ado, let's kick it over to our Market Mon- Monday conversation for today. Well, folks, we're having a somewhat new to the podcast voice on today, but probably not new if you watch anything along markets or the South American markets. Specifically, we're chatting today with Dan Bossi, the president of Ag Resource Company. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. It's always fun to be with you and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and everyone out
0: there. Thank you, you as well. Yes, we're gonna have a holiday shortened week this week, Dan. So do you expect to see much excitement in the commodity markets?
1: Well, we are we are already seeing some excitement. You know, what's lacking in the markets today is what I call resting orders, either above or below the market. And So if someone needs to do something, it takes uh, a little bit of volume and you can have a big, vol- a big price reaction. So with December options expiring on Friday in a shortened holiday session, We'll also be getting export sales data that day uh, for the weekly. And so all combined, we are still looking for markets to be quite active as we head into the uh, holiday and beyond. Um, Next week, as we get back to normal again, I think we'll start to see volume picking up. And South America will get in the uh, uh, viewpoints of many traders. Uh, South American weather is key during the month of December, particularly for northern Brazil.
2: Yeah, we had reported earlier today on, of course, shipments leaving Ukraine, but I want to go back down to uh, the South American area like you're talking about. I did see a headline about the Argentine government changing their soybean currency ratio again. Could you remind our listeners what that means and what type of impact that would have?
1: Yeah, it's the soybean dollar, and we last did this back in September. Back then, uh, the peso-dollar relationship uh, was boosted around 12%. And so now they're looking at about 10%, but it would give Argentinian farmers additional pesos if they sell their mark if they sell their cash beans today. Now, if you're in Argentina, you've of course remember that inflation and a depreciating peso is something that's been ongoing there for decades. It's not new to them. And what Argentinian farmers do is they store soybeans until they absolutely positively have to have the cake and then make sales. Well, the government's for need of hard currency is trying to pull that forward so they can get a tax base before the end of the year. So right now we're thinking that the additional 10% kicker, if that's what it ends up being from the Argentinian government, may add another two or three million metric tons of soybean sales from Argentinian farmers during the month of December.
0: Now, Dan, is this to just entice those farmers who are still sitting on old soybean crop?
1: It is only for old soybeans. And again, in Argentina, Uh, It's estimated that uh, they store or keep in silo bags down there, which is the predominant way of storing beans. Um, About 15 million metric tons carry forward each and every year. It's their inflation hedge. And so what the government's trying to do is prod those beans away from the farmer by giving them a better peso rate. Uh, As we saw back in September, they prodded away about four and a half or five million tons of beans. China was the big buyer and this unfortunately steals US export demand in that time frame, And the same would be occurring if these beans were sold here for December, January.
0: Now, Dan, how do you anticipate that that will impact new crop soybeans that are being planted currently right now in South America? We've heard a lot of updates about the continued La Nina drought conditions pressing Argentinian soybean production for this year. What are you hearing specifically?
1: Well, so far, the last couple of weekends have provided very solid and good rains. So Brazilian and Argentinian farmers are smiling because of that. Uh, they're planning aggressively at this point. They've been holding back. But as you go from, as you say, La Nina to El Nino, we should see a pickup in rainfall somewhere during the last half of December that carries forward into January. Now, again, Buenos Aires, Cordoba. Uh, portions of antro rios are in good shape we're still seeing dryness or drought if you will in that big province of santa fe and then moving north of taquina T- T- so overall the area of drought is getting smaller but it's still an important area that i think the trade will watch as we turn the calendar to december
2: i want to switch the next part of our conversation to wheat since we did hit on that headline of more ships leaving Ukraine, or maybe back to corn, because Delaney, you also gave our listeners an update that the corn harvest is slowing in Ukraine. What, what type of Ukrainian-Russian factors are we seeing that could impact our markets in the next 10 days?
1: Well, my Geneva office tells me that offers coming out of both Ukraine and Russia are declining. Now, by offers, I'm talking about cash grain for export called FOB. They're both declining. And so the Russians over the weekend became more aggressive in offering wheat. Ukrainians followed suit and they became more off aggressive offering wheat. And they're now doing a little bit the same in corn. The difference between Ukrainian corn and the U.S. Gulf today is about a dollar 20 a bushel. So there's a big advantage to buying Ukrainian corn. That corn that's sitting in the fields is a lot like we U.S. farmers. If we didn't have the bin space or didn't want to grab it today, uh, we would leave it standing. But remember that. As fields freeze, you can always grab that corn to go after it as you need it. If it's dry enough, you can then send it right to export. And so that's what Ukrainian farmers will be doing. I think you can look for combines to go right to the fields, fill up a wagon, then send it directly to export. They really don't want to go through and put it in storage and then worry about a missile strike or not having the gas to keep it in condition or those kinds of things. So that's their mentality. Uh, Overall, the Russians are being very aggressive in selling wheat. Uh, We are hearing sales in the untraditional locations like Brazil and Mexico. So the Russians by far have a lot of wheat to sell. I expect they're going to stay very aggressive throughout much of the season going forward.
0: And I want to switch tracks here and chat live cattle. We're not quite to the contract high we set earlier this year in February live cattle, but we're nearing that mark. What's it going to take to see us push over that hump?
1: Well, Delaney, if we come back from Thanksgiving and the beef market gets a bid, we'll start to see new highs in live cattle. Of course, that cattle on feed report on Friday indicated the second lowest placement rate on record for the month of uh, October. So an already tight market becomes even tighter. We've been pulling cattle forward for the last three months, and then you've got the cold weather, which is hitting conversion ratios. And so feedlots are no longer seeing those uh, good conversions and closeouts that we've been having. This means that the tightening supply of fed cattle will be with us probably all the way in the spring. And if there's one bull market in agriculture, it is indeed cattle. The supply fundamentals are there. What we all have to watch and pay close attention to is the demand from the consumer. As he comes back from Christmas, will his Visa card allow him to step up and buy middle meats? That's the big question we're all having in the trade today.
2: That is a good question to pose but we may have missed another key question. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we send you off today?
1: No, I th- I really think that's it. Uh, I think uh, the farmer is bullish today, the U.S. and South American farmer, though this is a different year than the last couple of years. We'd be th- telling farmers to be thinking uh, forward. And by that, I'm saying, look at basis relationships and where the market is today, because I'm not sure if we have normal South American weather that will have the same kind of rally that we've had in the last couple of springs, there has never been back-to-back Brazilian droughts. The same as in Midwest, there's never been back-to-back Midwest droughts. We'll see what happens in Brazil, but I would not want to be betting on a, a Brazilian weather problem at least at this point.
2: Well, hey, we appreciate you spending time with us again today. If our listeners want to get in contact with you, remind them how they can do that.
1: Well, the best way is always to go to the website at agresource.com. Uh, we offer trials to services, uh, all those kinds of things, monthly newsletters. So take a look at us there.
2: Awesome. Thank you again and have a happy Thanksgiving.
1: You're welcome, Tanner. Same to you.
2: Well, listeners, it's always great to have a conversation with those that understand the markets in depth to hopefully provide value to you. And I also learned something else today, Delaney. You know what that was?
0: What did you learn, Tanner?
2: I didn't know that I got Friday off. So uh, listeners, I'm sorry. If you're looking for us to come back Friday and put an episode on, you will uh, not find a new show.
0: No, they won't. They will next week, though.
2: All right. But for today, that was a good Monday episode. We'll be back again tomorrow morning. Also, you can find us on social media. But what do you say? Should we let the listeners go?
0: Let's let them go.